Welcome to Apparently Speaking, the podcast from Northeast Ohio Parent with your host, Miriam Connor. Hi, this is Miriam, and thank you for listening to Apparently Speaking. Welcome to our 100th episode. On this special episode, I welcome back Lieutenant Governor of Ohio, John Houston, and he's here to discuss the Social Media Parental Notification Act. He's going to explain what this is and why he thinks this is important for all kids under the age of 16 who use social media and online gaming and activities. If you're a parent, then social media is or will be a consideration for you and your kids, so this episode is for you. John Houston started his life in a foster home before being adopted by his loving parents, Jim and Judy. He's the oldest of three children and was raised in Northwest Ohio's Williams County. The small community instilled in him the importance of faith, family, and hard work that serve as the foundation of his public service. He earned both his bachelor's and master's degrees from the University of Dayton. On November 6th, 2018, John Houston was elected to serve as Lieutenant Governor of the State of Ohio. Houston also previously served as Ohio Secretary of State, Speaker of the Ohio House of Representatives, and a member of the Ohio Senate. Of all of his responsibilities, John considers his most important role as that to being a loving husband to his wife, Tina, and father to Alex, Katie, and Kylie. Sponsored by the all-new Mazda of Kent. Your family safety is our top priority. And Mazda has more Insurance Institute for Highway Safety Picks than any other manufacturer. So get to your Mazda destination, Mazda of Kent. Check out new Mazda CX-5 crossover SUVs, Mazda CX-30 CUVs, even 2023 Mazda CX-50 crossover SUVs, and US News & World Report awarded Mazda Best Car Brand. Check out their new retail evolution dealership, the all-new Mazda of Kent, mazdakent.com. Thank you, Lieutenant Governor Houston, so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Happy to join you. Yeah, thank you. Well, I know I want to talk about what we're going to talk about today is the Social Media Parental Notification Act. So maybe if you just kind of want to explain, first of all, what that is for some people that may not know. Well, yeah, let's explain it. Um, we passed a law here in Ohio, something that the governor and I had advocated for which is the Social Media Parental Notification Act. It was something that really my wife prompted me to do because we have teenagers and we've seen the, the harms of social media uh, in that age group of, of young people. And we were just seeing that, hey, these, these big tech social media companies use algorithms to target our kids with addictive material. And sometimes it's not age appropriate. And, and the results are this experiment that literally is being conducted on our kids since the beginning of the smartphone is harmful. And it's not just me and my wife, Tina, and you that think it's harmful. The Surgeon General thinks it's harmful. Almost any teacher or school administrator will tell you that. Um, uh, you know, a child psychiatrist will tell you this. Uh, we all know it's a problem, yet nobody was doing anything about it. And so that's why I decided that I would propose a law, which we have passed and will go into effect on January the 15th. And it will do this. It will require all social media companies and video gaming platforms to get parental permission before anyone under the age of 16 
uh, engages in their platforms. And at the moment that you sign your child up, if you choose to do that, then additionally, uh, you can you can you can have a, a settings page then that can limit the hours that they may do it. You may say, hey, not before 7 a.m. in the morning or after 9 p.m. at night, only one, two, three hours a day maximum, uh, whatever that you feel is appropriate for your children. Have filters on there so that they don't get anything above PG-13 or uh, whatever you might want that to be. And, and we passed a law in Ohio and other states have done similar things, but we're one of the trailblazers on this. And we hope by doing so that we'll put parents back in charge of who interacts with their kids in their digital lives. It's so great. And it's so important. And, and as you said, it's not just you or me. Or no, it's, it's like I've had so many experts on this show talking about social media. And obviously, we can point out positives of it for sure. But I've had so many people on just talking about, you know, the harm that it can cause and story after story and just, um, you know, study after study. So, right, there's so much to it. And I really like this because you're not saying, uh, you know, no one can use it. You know, no kids can use it ever. You know, a black and white issue. It's you're like you said, you're putting parents in charge. If the parent feels that their child can handle it or they're fine with it, that's their choice. But, um, you know, it's one thing for a parent to say, you can't be on, you can only be on this amount of time, or I don't want you on that certain social media and things like that. And as we know, kids can find ways around it. Um, and unless you're constantly checking it, which I think, you know, some parents start out that way and it just becomes exhausting or they're not sure exactly how or what to do. Um, this is a great way, you know, to help the parents. Well, yeah, we're not banning anything. Right. I mean, this is not infringing on anyone's First Amendment rights. It's it's saying that, hey, you know, we're going to put parents in charge of these decisions, not the social media companies. Uh, it, it is, um, uh, you know, I, I wish more parents would engage, but let's or earlier in the process, because let's face it, you, you can do all this right now. Mm-hmm. You can you can set your you can put the settings on there. Uh, you could have a, 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 a you know, you're the one that pays the bill for the phones. You can set the settings, but sometimes it's complicated for the parents. Uh, and, and sometimes children can maybe put an app on their phone and hide it and you not see it and not know about it. Uh, and this forces, I uh, hopefully it already will force dialogue between more moms and dads and their children and, you know, grandparents and their and their grandchildren. Uh, let's have those conversations. Let's talk about what's happening in the digital lives of your children. And then let's make it easy, though, for you to have a, a parental protected password where all of these settings exist. I know that in our own household, we have limits on the phones. Uh, we have time periods, you know, that you can be on the phones. Uh, limit the amount of time that you can be alone with your phone, meaning, you know, can't keep it in your room overnight. You got to mm-hmm. charge it overnight downstairs in the common area of our house. And, and um, uh, just making sure that it's not overused because you wouldn't let uh, an adult uh, or a, another, you know, somebody that might be a stranger in your child's life, you wouldn't let them into your child's room to have a private conversation, would you? 
Of course not. But if you have unfiltered social media access, then you're letting that happen potentially. And we don't want those kinds of things. And, and we know that some of these companies target our kids. And I'll, I'll pick on one, TikTok. Because in a lot of situations, you may say, well, Snapchat or Instagram, well, you know, I'm, I've, I've got a, I got a group of friends I follow. It's just my friends or whatever. But with a lot of apps like TikTok, anybody can reach your kids. The, the companies are literally, with a lot of these things, targeting algorithms to addict them to the platform. They may say, well, no, we're just sending them the things that they want. But yes, that's also addictive to them, uh, sending them things that may be harmful to them. It's not just my opinion. There's evidence of it, of things like the TikTok Benadryl challenge, where a young man was encouraged by a video that was sent to him over TikTok to um, take as many Benadryl as he could, and then he would have a hallucination. Well, unfortunately, he had a seizure and died. And it was all on video because his friend was filming it. And these are just the sad things, not to mention the sextortion cases, which you know, um, up in, you know, in Portage County, yes. there have been a lot of those where in one case, a young man uh, committed suicide uh, over an issue that, that he got caught up in. And, and uh, it, it's just sad what's happening. And it's, look, it's, t we're supposed to protect our kids, right? This is protecting your children from abusive things that can on social media. I'm there are plenty of good things that you can do, keeping friends, getting, you know, meeting people that have similar interests, all those kinds of stuff. I'm not saying it's all bad, but but the evidence is very clear that if you overdo it and you don't have limitations that it can become entirely addictive. Yeah, and you mentioned the, the Woods um, you know, uh, his, his parents, James Woods, his parents were on my show talking about that sextortion case. So yeah, it's very real. And I think that, you know, a lot of people, you, it's easy to get comfortable and think that's not going to happen. And my child wouldn't get involved with that. Um, but that's, a, that's an example there. And they're speaking out, you know, to help others and, and they're super brave and courageous, but, you know, same that he was, you know, your everyday kid next door and just got caught up in it like that could happen to anybody's child. And, um, you know, so yeah, those are, those are examples, obviously the worst examples, but there are so many things and even just, just things like that happen with their friends or their so-called friends, you know, all these things that happen, there's just a lot they can get caught up in. And I really like that, you know, the parents are in charge. I'm sure it's something that they could change, you know, Hey, my child is older now, so I'm going to change these limits a little bit, or I'm going to allow this or, or, Hey, we tried it and <laughs> it didn't work so well. So I'm going to pull back and, and kind of, put those limits in place more. So it's all up to the parents, which I think is, is wonderful. And it helps, like you said, you said earlier, some discussion, it really allows, helps that discussion. Here's why I'm gonna, you know, not sign off on this at this moment. And here's, you know, let's talk about it. And I, a lot of times, like I'll tell my kids like, Hey, a lot of times it's not even because of you. And you mentioned this, you know, it's other people and you're just not maybe ready to handle those kind of things yet. Well, in, in, like I said earlier, we're not banning anything. 
it's not it's not as if we we think that you can just you know put a child uh, that, that that social media should never be part of their lives because look it it is part of growing up in America today it's very common uh, and so really remember about raising a child is preparing them to be adults preparing them to have judgment to make their own decisions. And this is a way for you to have a conversation with them about how to manage things. Because everything, as we, we say often, everything in moderation, right? Well, a little social media and staying connected with your friends is okay. But if you find yourself tethered to that phone, that you're constantly looking at it, and, and you have notifications sending you things, it's distracting you from the productive things in your life, and hey... Many adults could hear this advice too, right? Um, <laughs> then it, it, you know, your technology is supposed to serve you. It's not supposed to run you. And, and, and this hopefully will engage families to have dialogues about the role of technology in their lives. Do you mind speaking a little bit about the, um, the algorithms you mentioned? Because I know that there are some parents that, you know, that's a little bit maybe unclear um, exactly how these companies target the kids with those. Well, yeah, it's also important to remember that these companies collect data on you. They know what you watch. They know what you click on. They know the kinds of dialogue that you're having. And then they use that information to send you things they think you will be interested in. But in doing so, they're really trying to just keep you locked on their app and then they're monetizing you when you're viewing those apps when you're clicking on those things when you're you know they are making money off of you and your children by monetizing that and so they want to use these algorithms to target things that they think that your kids will um stay locked on mm -hmm. and, and remember the you all know this. Uh, you're listening. If you have people listening to this show, you know that we've all been on a website or uh, a social media application, and they send you things, mm -hmm. and they're targeting you. Uh, it, but you, as an adult, are much more prepared to understand that and to develop strategies around it. Kids aren't. Their, mind, their minds are just not particularly young children. They don't understand how they're being targeted. And their minds can't discern the difference between, you know, good judgment and bad judgment as well as an adult's can. And so that's why these algorithms are so dangerous for particularly younger kids. Kids under 13, uh, under 16 in some cases, that just are not prepared uh, to deal with that. So if your child says, okay, I'm going to sign up for, you know, whatever it is, TikTok, Instagram, whatever, um, with this act, once this takes, you know, January 15th, once this goes into effect, so they go on and they try to get this app and then it's going to ask their age, right? And then if they put in that they're under 16, what happens? Well, it, it, they're going to put in they're under 16. They could, they could, um, you would have to prove 
your age. So okay. You, you know, you're going to have to have a parental notification and you can't falsify it for everybody, for every adult that gets on it. Adults are going to have to prove that they're of age. Um, and you can do that pretty simply with, uh, you know, the, the data that you have available. We give you, we give you five or six different ways the companies are going to do it. One of the ways that we're a little different about our law versus other states' laws is that we put the onus on the social media company um, and not because for the, for, the, for the purpose of that they can verify these, these um, uh, ages and children and parental notification in a variety of ways. We're not, we're not going to tell them exactly how they need to do it. They can, if they can come up with an algorithm uh, that can target us, they certainly can come up with a verification process to make sure that we know that parents are, are truly signing off on it. And then they are accountable for making sure that that happens. Uh, and you can do it, you can do it with technical, you know, with a digital verification, but you could also do it with a 1-800 number. You could do it with a, um, with a piece of snail mail. You know, there are lots of different ways they can go about the verification, but that will be the onus for doing that will be on the social media company themselves. So it won't be just like, you know, now you can manipulate the, the birthday. Yeah, it's year. not just going to be <laughs> clicking a box and saying, yeah, okay, mom and dad, you come click a box. No, it's going to be, you know, may be a much more complicated. Okay. Complicated is the wrong word. Much, much more um, certain uh, to create certainty in the process mm -hmm. that, that, they, that the adult caregiver um, the parent in that child's life is truly signing off on it. Okay. And, and so it will, by the be... way, this is, this is a whole new thing, right? Yeah. And, and, and Arkansas recently got sued over their law. Their law is different than our law. Oh. And so the, the people will resist this. Yeah. Uh, the companies will resist. We hope that they will work with us on this. Uh, but it's super important um, that they comply. It, it is not meant to be a punishment, but to the company. But these these things that they're doing to monetize the presence of your children and to essentially, I'll use the word, addict them to their platforms uh, are a big multi-billion-dollar revenue source for these companies. And they need to comply with this. Uh, it's the right thing to do. Uh, and it's also a legal requirement in Ohio and in seven other states. And we hope that eventually this will lead to a national standard. Your family safety is our top priority. And Mazda has more Insurance Institute for Highway Safety picks than any other manufacturer. So get to your Mazda destination, the all new Mazda of Kent. MazdaKent.com. There's no inventory shortage here. Test drive a new Mazda today. Check out new Mazda CX-5 crossover SUVs, Mazda CX-30 CUVs, even 2023 Mazda CX-50 crossover SUVs. And maintenance is no charge for one year. Plus Mazda certified pre-owned vehicles with the balance of a seven year, 100,000 mile warranty. US News and World Report awarded Mazda best car brand. Come experience our new Retail Evolution dealership created solely with the customer in mind. We provide a premium experience that customers expect and deserve. Test drive a new Mazda today at your Mazda destination, 
the all-new Mazda of Kent, where my family shops for cars. MazdaKent.com, MazdaKent.com. I was going to ask you about, obviously, the companies aren't going to be super thrilled, but have you had positive feedback so far from parents and caregivers? Yeah. I mean, the public is all for this. A lot of the companies are not necessarily for it because they don't, you know, they don't want to have to do what it takes to comply. But, um, you know, I think that if we can't do it the easy way, we might have to do it the hard way. Um, there is a, I don't need to get into the federal law piece of this, but there's a, uh, a law that shields them, shields social media companies from the liability of things that are on their platforms. Okay. They're protected under the law on that, that they have no liability for it. Uh, if they can't do this minimum thing we're asking for, I think that we probably should turn up the heat and say, okay, now if things happen on your platform, particularly if you are leading the algorithm that, that, that leads to something bad, uh, a death, an injury, something like that happening, that, that you could be legally liable for it. That's not what's in our law, but if they don't, if they don't comply with simple things like parental notification, I think they open themselves up to a, a, a more onerous standard for themselves because people, I mean, who can be against the idea that parents should be able to sign off before their children get on these phones and these apps? I understand that someone will say, well, um, the uh, parent already has that ability. They could go in and do that if they wanted to. Uh, yes and no. Uh, right. It's true that they can, but there are also ways under their, uh, that, that children can find a way around it. And moms and dads are not it necessarily maybe as tech, uh, technology sophisticated as their children. Okay. Uh, and, um, and so they should help make it easy. There's no reason this has to be hard on parents to do this. It should be an easy process. But more importantly than a law or a setting, I hope that this creates a conversation mm-hmm. with your children about what's happening online. Have you really sat down and had that conversation with your teen or preteen about what's going on with their friends? If they have a phone, what's going on on the phone? Um, do you have access to look at their information anytime you want to? Because you're the mom or dad and you should be able to do that. But, but have those conversations with your kids because you can't, you can't isolate them from these threats in life. And so you have to prepare them for these threats in life. And this is a way of gradually preparing them to live on their own, uh, to be independent, functioning adults as they get older. But you got to engage in those conversations. Yeah, I think that's great. I think that is the most, to me, that's the most important part is, you know, having those conversations. And I think this, like you said, you hope this will allow that to happen even more than it is now, because it'll just at least give pause, you know, hey, mom, dad, you know, caregiver, I wanted to, can I have permission to get this, you know, and then, then that, that will just kind of organically, you know, have that conversation start. Well, why do you want it? You know, let's talk about, let's look at it. Let's see what it is, you know, or yes, yes, but we're going to put some limits on it maybe, or not yet, or, you know what I mean? Things like that. So, and here's why, here are my concerns. Um, And so I I do think that will help 
um, just some organic conversation. So I think that is great. Is this retroactive? Not retroactive. Uh, it will be forward-looking starting January 15th of 2024. Okay. But, uh, but again, don't, don't wait until January 15th no. of 2024 to have these conversations with your, your children and to really think about it. Remember, there are phones that you can buy your children that are not necessarily the big smartphone that are sort of starter phones that have, um, you know, the ability to call and text, but don't have all of these other uh, tools on. And all of these things are parent moms and dads need to really think about what they want their teens and particularly preteens to have access to. Cause I know uh, some may say, well, you know, I want to be able to reach my child talk mm-hmm. to my child when they're out of friends or whatever. That's great. But they don't. That does not mean that they need to be on on uh, TikTok and other things. Look, it's that. I mean, that app, for example, is banned from our children's phones. We do not yeah. allow them to have TikTok. That's good. Um, and and there's some things, you know, we they have Snapchat with their friends, but they don't have uh, a lot of these other things mm-hmm. that we find to be, you know, not appropriate. Right. And they do have alarm clocks at the store. So you don't have to have it in your room overnight. Just. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No, no doubt about that. It, I mean, it, if I, if I were going to ever make a recommendation, no, don't let your children have their phones alone in their room, particularly when they're young uh, and, you know, have, give them access, but in the main area of, of the house. And by the way, you might get to see your children yeah, <laughs> you might get to have a conversation with them more. You might have more family time together. If uh, if the only time you can use your phone is when you're you know on the on the um, in the living room with the family and you got a designated area where they can use it, where you're going to be around, uh, you know, you just might you might actually bump into them and have a, <laughs> a a spontaneous conversation about something about what's going on in everybody's life. So rather than being so isolated with our technology. Yeah. And that's what we do. We have a charging thing in the kitchen. That's where it's charged. And really, I really encourage them. I mean, they don't really take it off into their bedrooms. Even even during the day, it's like, there's no reason. You can be on it, but you can be on it in here. And it really has helped my kids, all of them, not really be on it so much. Like you said, it really, it really has helped just, just, and that's there. That's not me. I mean, I will occasionally like, Hey, you know, let's put it up for a while, but it really has just helped them. That's just how they've always been. So they're not constantly on it. Well, I also make a suggestion uh, in addition to that, turn off your notifications. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things I did. I don't know how many years ago I did it. I turned them all off so that it's not pinging and beeping and buzzing. And, you know, it's, I'll get to it when I get to it on my own time. And, and it's disruptive uh, to your thinking, to your work. Uh, if your child's sitting there doing homework and the phone's constantly buzzing and beeping and interrupting, you don't do as good of a job. And adults, this is available to you too. Uh, you'll find that one of the best gifts you could ever give yourself is to turn off all those notifications on your phone. I agree. That's great advice because it is super distracting from family time, work, whatever you're trying to get done. It happens. You know, you're you're going to look at it right away. Your eyes just go, you know, what is it? And then, oh, let me just see what it is. And you're, it's just distracting. And if the kids see you always on it too, that's another thing, you know, that I've really try 
um, to be good about when they're around um, is to set it. I'm not always perfect, but, you know, to kind of set mine off to the side. Yeah. And, 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 I, and I guess as we, you know, get to, your, to the end of our conversation, yeah. this is, you know, there's some practical good reasons for this, but but I'll tell you a chance meeting I had uh, recently with uh, with a, uh, a former Ohio State professor who's a child psychiatrist, and I I said, oh, I said I said, what do you work on? He said he said uh, so, uh, social media or, or uh, uh, technology disorders. I said, oh, really? Yeah, for children that 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 are addicted to technology and have lost or have not developed the ability to communicate with human beings, their families, their parents, other kids. And I said, really? I said, I said, you know, are you busy? He said, I couldn't take another patient. He said, I'm, I'm unfortunately, I, that's why I became, I I went full time into this, this vocation and, and stopped being a professor is because I just couldn't, help all the patients that needed to come see me. Think about that. Something that didn't exist a decade ago is now an epidemic among, a mental health epidemic among some segments of our population. So that's a, that's a pretty powerful, that's pretty powerful evidence of the destructive nature that technology can Very in our lives if we don't manage it. Right? Yeah, and don't think Manage your technology, don't let it manage. Yeah, I love that. That's great. That's a great thing to end on, too. I appreciate you so much doing this um, and your wife, too, since it was her brainchild. So that was good. Um, and it's. I think it's going to be something that is going to help a lot of kids and families and really important. So thank you so much for coming on and telling us about it. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Sponsored by the all-new Mazda of Kent. Your family safety is our top priority. And Mazda has more Insurance Institute for Highway Safety Picks than any other manufacturer. So get to your Mazda destination, Mazda of Kent. Check out new Mazda CX-5 crossover SUVs, Mazda CX-30 CUVs, even 2023 Mazda CX-50 crossover SUVs. And US News & World Report awarded Mazda Best Car Brand. Check out their new retail evolution dealership the all-new Mazda of Kent, mazdakent.com. Thank you for listening to Apparently Speaking. Listen and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, and iHeartRadio. Find the podcast and much more at northeastohioparent.com. Like Apparently Speaking on Facebook and email me at podcast at northeastohioparent.com.